Welcome to the Bethel Surridge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We hope this message provides clarity, deeper insights, and transformation for your life. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, online campus. It's great to be here with you today. Um, just welcome you all. We're on week three of our road trip series, and I believe Pastor Curtis says we're on a journey to our final destination. It's transformation. Although we are the community of God, we are becoming the community of God. Amen, amen. So everyone is motivated by something, right? Motivation is defined as the reason or driving force behind why a person does something. Motivation is the willingness to act upon it. So there's intrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. What that really says, we're either motivated by an external reward or a recognition such as personal gain, financial status, a platform, even be motivated to avoid a negative outcome. Or we can simply be motivated for satisfaction, for the fun of it or the passion about something. Fun story. So I don't know if there's any four-wheelers in the house. Anybody like to four-wheel in the house? No? Okay. Well, I tried something new yesterday. I went out on a limb. And because I was motivated by rode in a ranger, a side-by-side, the full shield and a cover, and the rain couldn't get me, no, no bugs in my eyes, it was awesome. While I'm driving around on the path one day, all of a sudden, I see a blazing blue bomber fly with a sand dust blowing up and a red ponytail flapping in the sand, and all of a sudden, to the side, there's a huge hole, we call it a sand pit. Flying into the city, collapse, flying back into the trail, and they park right in front of me. Look, I see him. I know he's wearing a helmet, yes, but I knew there was a smile from ear to ear. And my daughter, his side part, big smile, ready to go. And I'm ready out of fear. Don't do it. For any of you that know me, I'm the fun police. Jay's the fun, I'm the fun police. So I'm telling them, don't do it again. I don't want something to happen. Next thing you know, he busts back in the sand pit, only this time he has an entourage of people following him, flying around. Anyhow, in this particular case, Jay could have been motivated by the sheer fun of it, an intrinsic motivation, or he could have been motivated by an intrinsic motivation for recognition. Hey, look at me. I'm doing a great job. Do you like it? Kind of thing, you know, status applause. We will never know. The acts look the same, but we'll never know the motivation. I have a pretty good idea what it was, but God only knows what that motivation is. The point is, is that we have the ability to influence. And when we're motivated for the right reasons, our influence produces transformation. When we are motivated for the wrong reasons, we can be destructive. In this case, it ended well. That brings us into our text today. So if you want to join I'm reading from the New Living Translation from Acts 8, verses 4 through 23. Again, that's Acts 8, 23, Living Translation. This is a big scripture. We're going to dive into this. So Philip went to the city of Samaria and told there about the Messiah. I listened to him intently because Philip... They were eager to hear his message and his miraculous signs. 
Many evil spirits were casted out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. So we see transformation here. Then we have Simon, who had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. For a long time, I think we're having a problem with our mic, so we're going to just shift. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to turn this off. So we're having a problem with the mic, so we have to do a backup plan. So Simon, who is being claiming the great one, the power of God, for a long time, had astounded the people with his magic. But now the people believed in Philip. And they believed the good news about the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. And as a result, the men and women were baptized. And this is where I want you to pay attention. Simon himself believed. So in between, we're going to pause for a second. What's happening is the mother church, which is in Jerusalem, the, the, the believers of the way or followers of Jesus are now being scattered because of persecution. The famous Saul, who becomes Paul, is chasing them out and driving them out, and the mission is being expanded. And we are now in Samaria. And Luke records that the mother church is endorsing this mission, and they're being sent out, and now we shift. And here's Peter and John coming to lay hands on the believers. And it says, and they received the Holy Spirit when the apostles laid their hands on them. And here's Simon. He saw the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on the people, and he offered them money to buy this power. He was motivated by power, and he wanted recognition. He said, I want this so that when I lay my hands on the people, they will receive the power. He's saying, I want to I be noticed. I want to be recognized. But Peter responds to him, and he says, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part of this kingdom. I want you to grab that. You can have no part of this kingdom, for your heart is not right with God. And he says, repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you of your evil thoughts. I can see you're full of bitter jealousy and are held captive to sin. Now, there's a lot going on in this passage, and we're going to just do a snapshot to bring you up to speed with what's going on on the journey. So we have Philip, who, if you remember, was appointed way back in chapter 6 of Acts, and he was appointed to service, and he's serving, and he's got a heart after God, and he is missional. What do I mean by missional? He wants to see transformation in the people. He is driven by the heart of God. He wants all the believers in Samaria to know what he knows. He wants everybody in on his secret. So he's moving in signs and wonders. They reflect upward of the glory of God. People are drawn to the signs and the word, both the signs and the word. They're drawn to God, and it produces transformation. People believe, and they are changed. And then we have Simon, who's operating in selfish ambition, who comes into the scene, who sees Philip. Taking his recognition, if you remember, Simon the sorcerer was amazing the people. They believed he was someone great. So here's Philip walking in on the scene, and I can just imagine Simon saying, hey, wait, you're taking my recognition. I want that. I want to be noticed. 
I want to gain from that. So he's missed the point. Simon's missed the point. He doesn't understand that the gift is a gift of grace. His ambition is against the mission of God. He's looking for power instead of service, where Philip is sold out to serve the kingdom, and we see the transformation. And what we see here with this, his heart's not right with God. What we're seeing here is that his motives indicate that he's still holding a magical worldview. If you remember, he's practicing sorcery. So in the day, in that culture, it was known to make money for selling magic tricks or making a platform for yourself because you're operating in false power. We see it today. People do tarot card readings. They, they sell product to false power. You can't buy the power of God. You can't sell it. It's a gift, and it's for his glory. Simon missed the memo. Our motive matters. Although Jason's motive to have fun and have a great time didn't cause a destruction, Simon's motive here, although it may look good, can bring people down because his heart's off. So there's four points that we can point out to apply to our life today. These are called the essential truths that we want to pack in our suitcase when we're journeying on our journey to the final destination, our road trip. One, God is looking for those who will partner with him to the ends of the world, bring his message to the ends of the world for the right reasons. There are no barriers with the message of God. He wants you to serve him because he wants you to be after his heart. If you look at Philip, he was crossing barriers, social, ethnic, and cultural barriers. These are not my words, but historically, the Samaritans would have been called the social outcasts. They were the people from the other side of the fence, the other side of the tracks, we might call it. When you're motivated for the heart of God, you're going to reach even the most uncomfortable situations you're going to be empowered to go and reach. You're going to be motivated by the heart of God because you're going to want to share what you are aware of, what you know of, the glory of God, God's kingdom, God's transformational power in your life. You're going to want to share it. It's going to move you. It's not about self. If you remember the Apostle Paul, he was a pagan hater. I hate to use those words, but that's what he was. And he was radically transformed and sold out for God to bring the message to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles. He's a Jew. A Jew, and he's bringing it to the Gentiles. He was sold out. That's what God's looking for. He wants you to bring it to the social outcast. He wants you to go where you may not want to go. He wants you to do it for his heart, not your heart. He wants you to serve, not be served. Motive matters. Motive matters. The second point today is that there is no room for selfish compromise or motives in the kingdom, in this community. We serve one another. The gift is a gift of giving. It's not for us to be elevated or for status. We actually receive the gift to explode in the power of God to demonstrate the limitlessness of God. What we have been given reflects upward. The motive is to glorify God and to serve others so that they will be transformed and will receive the gift that you and I all know of, right? John Bavaris says it this way, essentially the path to true greatness is found in seeking to serve, not to be served. It is not about power. We are all given gifts, but what triggers their enduring potential is when we serve others motivated by love. There's no rivalry. There's no competition. 
There's no one-uppers in this group. We're the community of God. The leaders and the members are all givers. We're all servers. We're on level playing field. We may operate in different giftings, but they all work intricately together to glorify him. We reflect the glory upward, not here. So Simon had it off. He was all about self. He was seeking his own agenda. Dangerous, dangerous position to be in. So when we go to point three, I'm going to encourage you. This one's, a, this one's a hard one today because of the world we live in. Go through the process. Go through the process to ensure our motives are aligned. Philip went through the process. He was anointed to serve and elevated to go into ministry and reach and push out beyond into Samaria. Simon wanted the power without the process. He didn't know the giver and he didn't understand the gift. He wanted to bypass the process and get glory for himself. Today, we want instant results. We want a pill to lose weight. We don't want to go to the gym. We want to go on the keto diet to drop as much weight as we can instead of pushing through transformation. We want instant results. Can I encourage you today, go through the process. Look at David. David went through the process. It might not have been fun, but it, it formed him so that he could carry the glory of God and impact a nation. That's what you do. You carry the glory of God to impact your community, your home, your workplaces, your schools. In this nation, you carry the glory for transformation. The motive is God, not self. Amen? Amen. So the last one, this is where we really want to drive this home today. So number four, we see that Simon had a bondage of sin in his life. So bondage or roots of sin in our heart will trigger wrong motives. Like Simon, our motives can drive us into the wrong direction. We can seek healing and we grow in him, and that's how we can ensure our motives are aligned with him. Luke places this corruption, get this, okay? Get this. Luke places this corruption inside the church. Did you hear me? It's inside the church. Okay, we don't know Simon's heart posture, but God does. But the word says that he believed and was baptized. So what we are to believe by what we see in Scripture is that Simon was superficially serving the Lord. He was following Philip, but the roots hadn't taken hold he was still living in his old world and not living in the transformation power of God. Instead of pressing in, he was looking for status in a shortcut. Woe to us, right? We all want instant. I'm going to encourage you that your heart is refined in the process. Your heart is refined in the process. The Spirit enables us to be a community of people, to be ever-focused on others, on others. We are being transformed and healed from our brokenness to do the will of the Father to become more Christ-like. We want to make sure our heart is aligned with the Father's heart. Go through the process and be healed. So this brings us to essential packing Truths. What do we want to pack to be successful? What do we want to put in our suitcase on the journey to be successful as a believer? So there's a couple things, and we're going to go through them high level. So one, examine. 
Examine your motives honestly. We have to do an inward reflection and really look at our heart. Because our heart, the Word of God says, is deceitfully wicked. It can deceive us. We can actually believe that we are being empowered to do something for God's glory and to serve others when really underlying that root is a selfish ambition. We see it all over the place. We see people stepping into leadership for the platform instead of serving. We see it and the damage of that, what happens to people that are sitting under that. So we have to, as believers, be sold out and being willing to be examined. We as believers have to do what David did and say, God, search my heart. Search my heart and see if there's any wickedness in it. Search my motive, God, and show me and expose to me if I'm sold out for you or I'm sold out for myself. Examine me, God. We want a posture of repentance. Remember, Simon was in the church. He was following Philip. Again, we don't know what his heart was, but he was following Philip around. He was seeking the, the, the signs and the wonders and the status that came with it. But we have to be in a posture of repentance to make sure that things that are there in our heart don't manifest later. We have to look inward. The bondage of sin and brokenness that is ignored will cultivate destructive motives. Are we willing to let God shed some light on us? I'm going to explain to you, I, 15 years ago, was not the same person that I am today. I might look the same here in some ways. I'm aged quite a bit in 15 years, and I look a little bit different, but the point is, is I showed up here the same way, okay? But my heart was so far from God I was all about power. I was all about status. I was all about fear of man. What drove me was, what are they going to think? What's going to happen? How is this going to help me? Oh, maybe I should do this to get here. I would actually strategize on how to position myself. And to be honest with you, you might be saying, wow, that's crazy. But I'm going to tell you, that was the power of God that uprooted those seeds of destruction. And you want to know where they came from? They came from bondage. They came from brokenness. They came from areas that needed to be healed. And I allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and change me into who I am today. And I'm not there yet. As I said earlier this morning, ask my family. I haven't arrived. I'm still work in progress just like we all are. We're pressing forward to the goal, right? We have the empowerment of the Spirit. Press into that. Examine yourself. Allow, the God, allow God to come in and examine with the microscope. We want to see what's in there so that what we produce is authentic. We want to be authentic Jesus followers. Guard your heart is the second one. Guard your heart from wrong motives. The Word of God says that we're supposed to do this diligently. The inner self is the heart. It's the center of one's very being. Every issue flows out of the heart if your heart is off, your alignment will be off, and you will be off course before you know it, and you have the potential to bring others with you. That's the dangerous part. So what do we do to make sure our heart is guarded? We think on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. We cultivate kingdom motives by meditating on kingdom principles, right? That will ensure our heart is aligned with God. Another tip 
for essential packing to make sure we're successful is seek. Seek God and seek his spirit as a priority. Put him first. If he's first, everything else will fall into place. David knew the art of putting God first. Jesus would always say to his disciples in John chapter 4, he said, you don't know the food that, I'm ta- that I have. You don't know it. And, he, and I'm paraphrasing this. He says, I, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He knew God. He was in an intricate relationship. Yes, he is God, but he knew God. He showed us the demonstration of being in relationship, seeking the Father, seeking his heart, knowing what his will is. We can't be motivated by the will of God if we don't know the will of God. We have to seek him to know him. The other thing we need to do is we need to stand on the word. It says the word is a discerner of thoughts and intentions of the heart. We need to be founded on the word and know it, meditate it. As Pastor Jess said last week, the transforming of our mind, we think upon the truths of the word of God, and it will align our motives to his motive. It aligns our heart to his heart. And the other thing I'm going to encourage you to do is shift Shift your focus from the here and now to the final destination. We're all traveling towards the final journey. We have a final resting place. We have an inheritance. And the thing is, is we want as many people to journey with us. We want to be kingdom-minded. We want to look to Jesus and the unshakable kingdom and be motivated by the kingdom, not what's going on here. Amen? Amen. A forward lean to where we're going, will align your motives to your final destination. And that's the kingdom. That's Jesus. That's God's heart. Amen? So as we rest on those truths this morning, I want to encourage you that motives can appear to be honorable. They can appear to be good. We may even think they're good. But one of the catchphrases in this passage is that Simon was in sin and in bondage. He was in sin and in bondage, and we need healing. Jesus wants to come in, if you'll let him, to heal past wounds of rejection, of hurt, of brokenness, so that your motives aren't motivated by the brokenness of your past. They are motivated by your new identity in Jesus, because he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free. He came to bring you a full-purpose life. You have the empowerment to loose the empowerment on others so we can reflect God's glory. You have the empowerment to change people. You have that empowerment in you to go into areas where you don't want to go. You have the empowerment to cross social barriers, to reach the social outcasts, the addicts, the addicts, people that don't see the things that you see, people that may have motives in life that are not aligning with yours, but you have the ability through the empowerment to love people, to love God, to be set free, and to walk in all that he has you to be. We are a community empowered by the spirit of the living God to love, to exercise patience with one another, to foster unity, and leaders are givers. We serve to give. That's you. That's me. We all carry the mantle of Jesus. And I'm not talking that we are Jesus. I'm saying we carry the love of God. We are the presence of Jesus everywhere we go. You need healing to be motivated by his heart, to be moved by his heart so that you change things for the right reasons. And you don't look for the seeking and the acceptance of man. You look for the acceptance of the king because he's the only one that matters. 
He's the only one that matters. He's the only eyes you want on you is the king. He's the one that can transform you. So I just encourage you this morning to just stand as we join in worship. And we're going to close in prayer after. But if you just want to just press in to that healing, Jesus will meet you right where you're at right now. If you want to walk in the empowerment of the fullness of the spirit of the living God, and you want to bring miracles, and you want to raise people from the dead and heal the sick, and, and magnify God in all the glory that he is, if you want that for your community, you want people to see that it's real, because it is real. Have the right heart posture so you are empowered with heaven to ship things here on earth and be radical game changers of transformation.